Good morning, afternoon, evening, Melbourne, Australia, or the world. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is my co-host and colleague Kieran Stevenson. Hello, Kieran. Hey, Darcy. What's and up? And do the I intro, Kieran. To, I didn't mean to derail you. Continue, Fine. please, by all means. No, don't worry about it. They, they know what they're listening to. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. All these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the iceberg's only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when work is philanthropically, believe in the economy, but what if he's the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own death spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, 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 no. Headline one. <laughs> All right. I got a Musk update. Hey! Uh, there's nothing, like, too exciting that's been happening with the Musk thing. Uh, since we covered it last week, basically uh, three major things. Tesla's stock crated overnight, uh, which was good. Overdue, anyway. Mm. Uh, then Vern Unsworth suggested that he may sue for defamation. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable to me. Pedo uh, is a pretty defamatory accusation. It is, isn't it? It's one, it's a black stain, especially I had to, like, we didn't talk about it because I found the clip later, but I don't know if you listened, but the clip that I put in the start of last week's episode. I heard the opening bit, yeah. Yeah, that whole video, which is like... It highlights how Ten it's important for influential people to not make baseless claims. Yeah. Because they mostly influence unbalanced, dangerous fuckwits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you get to the point where, like, anything you say has to be taken seriously by these people because Elon Musk is a pretty smart guy and, like, <laughs> I don't think that that accusation would I come I imagine from it a- must be really nice being a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know, of course. Yeah, when you can intuit the sexual preferences of somebody that you've... <laughs> don't know uh but based on their criticisms of your design team's efforts (laughs) um yeah so my headline is just a little capstone the third of these three things that has happened elon musk apologizes for calling british cave diver who helped rescue thai boys a pedo guy subtitle spacex founder suggested he was still hurt by diver mocking him over tiny submarine no yeah so he has apologized but it was one of those apologies where it's like to be fair uh to be fair i don't know is this where he said i'm I'm sorry if instead of i'm sorry that no i think i think he said i'm sorry because my lawyers have informed me that i can't do an i'm sorry if the reason that I baselessly accused a hero of being a pedophile is that uh, my feelings were hurt because he mocked my tiny submarine. Which was obviously not going to help. I don't know how he thought it could have. Mm. I knew it couldn't help. I don't know anything about submarines or mm. cave rescues or Thailand <laughs> or anything. I don't yeah. really know anything about anything. And it was obvious that, that thing was not going to be helpful. Yeah. That uh, like I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about it since last week's episode, and there's so many little clues. Like, does he think that people have not already been working for the history of diving on <laughs> diving technology that might be more appropriate? 
what is the advantage of the giant fucking cigar <laughs> tube? No over- one thought of a box. Yeah. Oh, if only we'd thought of a, an airtight box. Yeah. <laughs> they have those little individual motor things that you hold yeah. onto that- uh, there's, there's so much wrong with it. There's so much wrong with it. <laughs> such a um, fucking idiot. <laughs> he is. He's <sighs> such a fucking idiot. And I've been looking at some other Musk stuff as well since then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a pretty great thing from a docu- I He had a wife, uh, an English wife oh, a while thing. ago. Uh, I don't think it's the one... Maybe it's... Th- one of his wives he's has had, published he's this He's on his third horrible, one, I think. Yeah. One of his wives has published this, like, they accounting keep- of horrible things that he's done. I don't know if it was that one or a different one, but this... There was, like, a documentary where she, <laughs> she they got engaged and married very quickly, like, six weeks after they met or something, and they were interviewing the wife uh, who was trying to wrangle Elon's terrible children. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, oh, yeah, well... I probably would have uh, accepted a proposition from anybody after six weeks. It was just such a such a strange thing. And Musk sort of starts staring into the middle distance. And then she's like, my parents weren't happy. Uh, you know, sometimes I think of maybe just getting on a plane and going back to England and never seeing you again. And then <laughs> Elon is like, wait, really? And <laughs> the, the camera just hangs there for five seconds and then cuts away. And it was brilliant. So his life is one of failure essentially, uh, in ways that outstrip the significance of his successes. Yeah, which was PayPal. (laughs) Just investing in that. Yeah, Mm. that was was his success. Yeah. Well, he succeeded in mangling members of the workforce. That's true, yeah. He has returned to Dickensian conditions in his future factory, which is fascinating. And he's succeeded in making me laugh more than anybody has in the last five years. Yeah, all right, I'll take that's, that. That's that's hard to do. I don't kind laugh of, a lot. Kind of hurtful, but it's true. I don't make you laugh much. No, and you shouldn't. You the shouldn't take uh, boring company issue with is that. an okay pun. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's yeah. An that's, achievement. That's, there was a headline. <laughs> uh, Musk shows boring bricks from boring company. <laughs> was the best little maybe he should just stick to naming companies for other people maybe and not running them maybe oh well anyway that's the musk update all right thank what's, you karen what's your first headline my first headline concerns the uh government's controversial my health uh record mm. system mm-hmm. which i don't know about you but i don't recall this being a thing that was discussed at any point it just suddenly They said, right, we've developed a vast, unsecured Mm. database, which will definitely be easily breached, that all of your confidential medical information is going to be kept on. I remember it being talked about a little bit. I remember it it didn't get, like, debated at all. Uh, I just remember it kind of was like, this is coming. I remember being forced to sign up for it when I went to do something else. Right. I think something Centrelink related. Uh, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, they made me sign up for it. So they can monitor your Wii or whatever it is they do. Yeah, but the joke's on them, because I go to the doctor <laughs> once every ten years, maybe. So I, I always wait until it's too late for my records to be of any use. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly it. So I jokes on you, government. I on my neck. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, and and uh, uh, embarrassingly for Malcolm Turnbull, yeah. because it wouldn't be a Malcolm Turnbull initiative if it didn't end up with him being humiliated and embarrassed <laughs> at some point or other, yeah. because he is just absolutely fucking James Hacker MP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his own backbenchers have led a charge against it, specifically Tim Wilson, who is mm. the... Um, not completely bonkers Liberal MP from Melbourne, of course. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, who's, uh, yeah, opted out. He thinks it's he thinks it's disgusting that a Liberal government mm. is forcing people to have their records stored in a unre- essentially, yeah, insecure database without their consent. Yeah. Um, and he's he's encouraging everyone who he can reach to get out. You've got until October to opt out of the system. We've already had 20,000 people at the time that this article was published, which I should, by the way, Dan Conifer, writing for the ABC. Ah, yes. Um, Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about the My Health record system? I think it's stupid, and I don't trust them to get it right. Well, that's that's the main thing. I have zero confidence in it. I'll probably opt out if I can... Remember, remember to be yeah. <laughs> to be fucked to do that before October. I also um, will opt out if I can remember to be fucked. Yeah. Um, no, it's dumb. It's part of this trend of release, like setting up these vast, ineffective systems that do nothing except compromise data. Yeah. And what's the benefit? Because the benefit I mean, is that there'll be there's a big marginally more efficient. Mm. Uh, information access for medical staff. Yeah. But it's marginal. Yeah. And the benefit will be, presumably, Mm. that um, the Home Affairs Minister will have access to information that he probably shouldn't. That's a benefit for the Home Affairs Minister. Yeah. Um, And, you know... Well, here's the thing. I don't know how... Various Russians. Yeah. I don't know how it shakes out in 4EG this scenario. Today, I went to the doctor to get travel vaccinations because I'm going to Thailand because I'm a pedophile. And... uh, You're taking your pedophile (laughs) girlfriend with you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to hang out, just be pedophiles. Family pedo trip. Long-term pedophile relationship between two (laughs) consenting adults. (laughs) Um, You both have a charmingly childlike quality. Mm, well, there you go. That's how we suppress our dark urges. Uh, <laughs> we went to a different place this time because the old place that we used to get travel vaccinations didn't keep records. So, like, every time we went back, they're like, so who are you? And it's like, well, come on, fucking help us out. This new place was very good. I recommend it. Would the My Health system do anything to combat the, like ingrained and willful apathy of the doctors at the Megaplex where I used to get my yes. travel vaccine. so that would be literally exactly what the My Health Records database is yeah. for, which is essentially a tiny and shitty benefit mm. there you go. for well, the then, massive, massive risk I'm all for it. being taken with the data. I'm all for it. Get reckless, folks. Vote <laughs> Liberal. Sign up for the giant unsecured Trust data. Trust the parties that definitely understand how internets yeah. and data clouds function. Yeah. And will absolutely not fuck this up yeah, completely. See, <laughs> no. there's. Don't do it. Opt out, everybody. It's fucking... If Apple is hacked every two months, Sony gets hacked, all of these, like, 
companies whose main thing is information technology. Yeah. Get hacked. There's no reason. The Liberal Party are not going to get this right. And when the two socialists mm. tell you not to trust the government with this information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't do it. You've got mm. until October. Yeah, it's ages. Don't think that. You'll forget to opt out. Just do it. I don't know why this is October deadly. You should be able to opt out whenever you want. Yeah. Or in whenever you want. It makes yeah. no sense. What happens after suddenly October? Be, what happens if you're born after October? It's confusing. Yeah. I don't really yeah. understand where they're coming from with it. But no. they are a party of arbitrary boundaries, if ever I saw one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Listen, the likelihood of this surviving five years seems pretty <laughs> fucking minimal to me. <laughs> Having a vague, <laughs> vague memory of previous attempts at this sort of horse shit. So don't worry about it, I reckon. <laughs> Opt out, don't. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> next question. <laughs> next headline. Uh, okay. Uh also very hilarious, uh, except the opposite of that. For... Fuck, what... I don't know what newspaper this is. Oh, wait, yes. From the BBC. I don't uh, know why you don't know what newspaper it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go. Uh, Jewish... My joke for the day. Yeah. <laughs> you take a rest. Take five. <laughs> Jewish nation state. Israel approves controversial bill. Oi vey! Mm-hmm. Yay! So... Completely unperturbed by international lashback to their wanton massacre of the Palestinian people. Uh, uh, the Hamas just, people. Oh, yeah, sorry. You make the, it sound so unreasonable, Kieran. vile terrorists. Refer to them as Palestinians. Who selfishly uh, put sent uh, international <laughs> medicines sans frontier doctors to the fence to get shot. Uh. Um, they have just passed a bill called the basic law israel as the nation state of the jewish people which is basically saying that israel is first and foremost and only a jewish country that only jews have the right to exercise national self-determination it makes uh hebrew the state language and arabic gets reduced to a special language which special is one of those meaningless words um yeah right good and also uh just strengthens that claim for jerusalem as the complete and united capital of israel i mean the biblical evidence and the archaeological evidence that we have suggests Mm. that benjamin netanyahu's lechad party are way more into the state of Israel than the ancient Israelites were. (laughs) Yeah, that seems likely to me somehow. This is fucking mental. Yeah. Um, So this is one of those... And it's not being condemned by any significant democratic government. No, no, no. And it's one of those, like, soft moves that if you talk to an average person on the street, they'll be like, oh, you know, what are you fucking complaining about? It's always been the Jewish state or whatever, because it doesn't explicitly say, like, it's legal to kill Arabs. Having a bit of political memory and an interest in history, as soon as I hear anyone from any side of politics start talking about something that they've referred to as the basic law, I shit myself. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. And does this does this make Israel the only explicit, like legally as explicit um, ethno state? That's a good question. I think it probably does. 
with the potential... There are definitely other, like, states that are... There are functional ethno-states, yeah. yeah. But as far as ones that have actually fessed up to it... Yeah. Uh, maybe North Korea refers to itself a lot as being oh, yeah. a state for the North Korean people and so forth. Yeah, well, that's a favourable comparison. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I didn't put them in this company. <laughs> yeah. Chosen yeah. it for themselves. Um, mm. Yeah, pretty much more xenophobic now than Russia. Yeah. So well done there. Yeah, it's just uh, one of these extremely upsetting, depressing things that's going on where everybody is so caught up in, like, US-Russia tensions and the f continued catastrophe of Donald Trump and, like, the general sort of right-wing slide of the world. Yeah, the uh, fragmentation of mm. Europe and NATO and... Yeah. Or if you're on the other side of the fence, people are too worried about the flood of migrants and, you know, the rising black people sea who levels. hide under your bed. Oh, yeah, the Sudanese, the 6,000 Sudanese people that we have in Australia, they're going to destroy everything. Yeah, know? yeah. So, like, it's kind of... It's getting a lot of attention because, it, you know, the massacre was an egregious fucking example of uh, uh, savagery and... You know, this is getting a little bit of attention, but yeah. Not, but not enough tons. about Peter Dutton's haircut. You uh, were talking about uh, Israel and the Palestinians. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. A continuation just after killing that many people to then come around and be like, well, the reason we're doing it is because. We're but this is how out. this is how it works. If you've got a if you've got a brutal agenda to push. Yeah. Right. You've you've got to use the momentum that you have available. You can't yeah. arrest your progress because then it will they, these things collapse as soon as they lose their impetus. Mm. They collapse. So you've got to keep the mob moving. Yeah. And this is the perfect time to do it amidst all of this chaos and confusion. It is the perfect time to do it. It's really good. Donald Trump's wonderful for Benjamin Netanyahu because mm -hmm. you can always hide underneath his bullshit. Yeah. Or you sneak your evil crap around. Mm. That's certainly true. Yeah. And it's also true that as Trump winds Iran up mm. and the Iranian government responds, unfortunately, the way... Because they're also totalitarian psychos. I don't know mm. uh, <clears throat> to what extent they're comparable to the other totalitarian psychos in the region, whether yeah. it's negligible or relevant. But they mm. respond in a bellicose fashion when Trump tries to provoke them. Yeah. And that gives uh, Netanyahu plenty of fuel to throw on the anti-Arab fires in Israel and the security concerns. Yeah. Well, this... Uh, they're surrounded by civil war and mm. failed states at the moment. That helps enormously. Yeah. It is the perfect time for him to do this. Yeah. But... The Iran thing is something that we should probably talk about on another episode. It is point, definitely something a, that we should talk about. A big, deep issue of yeah, saber-rattling. The, the news dropped today, the old... <clears> um, Mm. Yeah. And but 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 anyway. speaking of random. Um this could be though, this could be again Darcy searches for silver linings yeah. as you take Zionism to its conclusion. Ah, mm. uh, eventually people will wake up to the inhumanity of it as a concept. Maybe. Maybe. I like, don't know. The, 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 what is eventually though? Israel eventually people woke up to the yeah, I'm not saying Monstrous. that it's going to be a, 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 a what an acceptable outcome. Yeah, yeah. But you know, everything, all political experiments and mm. movements reach a conclusion at some point, yeah. when people realise it's unjustifiable. Yeah, 
this is always after an atrocity has happened. So I'm mm. not very up. I'm, I'm pessimistic. Yeah. But maybe mm. this is overreach. Maybe it plays badly with the Israeli public. It's too early to say. Uh, yeah. I I don't think it will. I'm going to take the opposite side of that prediction coin and say that within the next 12 months, probably sooner rather than later, we see the next uh, sort of military push bombing campaign or... Oh, that doesn't contradict me. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm yeah. just hoping that this gives the Israeli the opposition something is, to work yeah. with, basically. Yeah. Well, there are members of government, who Arab members of government, who are furious about it. So, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fucking hope so. Why. The worst politicians in the world. You know, <laughs> like, well, we, we, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about this, Ben, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, know. I mean, that's just American we'll go. Democrats. We'll go. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we have to work across the aisle to... Re- to reach a peaceful accord. I have lunch with these people every week at the country club, and to be honest, I, I can't understand. stand the smell of my constituents. So. You know, we, we, we get along so well at the golf course. I don't. They mm. just change when we get to work. I don't like it at all, but what can you yeah. do? They're my friends. Yeah. Got to stick by your friends, Karen. <laughs> How true. It's important that we're talking. That's the main thing. It's the uh, main thing is that we're having a conversation. Um, uh, amiki Priapatrie? Maybe. Friends before country. Anyway. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down in the fucking Maya of Israel. Fuck Benjamin Netanyahu. Israel. I'm going to start pronouncing it. Israel. Israel. Yeah. Daniel Andrews. This is my headline. <laughs> Yay. Daniel Andrews says family deserve better than Dutton comments about woman's death. Mm. This comes from Luke Henri and agencies. That was very confident pronunciation of that name i feel i'm sorry you tried to you tried to just bowl past it hesitation is fatal when dealing with french i'm very impressed uh french a language that doesn't understand letters Mm. so i don't feel too pressured to pronounce it properly because they're the ones who've chosen to be unpronounceable fair enough this is uh, a story about the dreadful death of a young woman in uh, from Pakenham, sorry, mm. uh, who was killed this weekend, early Saturday morning, after a party appears to have taken a tragic turn mm-hmm. on Friday night. And the uh, federal home minister, home affairs minister, yeah. Peter Dutton, has wasted no time in jumping on a major law and order problem in Victoria and uh, continuing the uh, federal government wind-up about Sudanese youths, young Sudanese people and their gangs, which are um, having absolutely no impact on anyone in Victoria. Yeah, this one caught me a little off guard because I thought that that was kind of fading into the background a little bit as a panic like i thought it's they'd a kind weird of run thing out that i think cloth, it, it, but... it's indicative of how divorced from reality the federal government is yeah that they're doubling down on this for some fucking bizarre reason yeah yeah it's yeah. not a story and the only story is their attempts to make it a story it's yeah weird yeah um but daniel andrews has you know essentially come out and said well we don't know why she died we don't know mm. who killed her no charges have been laid yeah this is very much a case of violence against women as much as it is anything else and i think it's sure something that we and irresponsible. Have an issue with, yeah, yeah exactly um which is yeah i don't know i, I feel kind of uncomfortable when daniel andrews is right about things because it, oh, it makes me look, feel like he's 
the laws of probability mean that's leading to him being dangerously wrong about something yeah, else about with public policy? Thing. Sure. Um, but he's right about things. He's from right time about this. Time. But it's a trap that he's set up for himself because he decided to kowtow to this ridiculous law and order, tough yeah. on crime bullshit when he stepped into Parliament. So he's he's accepted the premises that they're using to attack him. Yeah. And uh, so he has no grounds to complain about that. It is a tragic and disgusting thing to politicize the nineteen mm. year old's murder. Yeah. Um Especially when the facts aren't known. Well, not especially. It's fucking disgusting anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. pointing out that also. Well, the I facts mean, especially known. when the facts aren't known, but that's makes the case it of... more irresponsible when yeah. the, not less disgusting. Yeah. More or less disgusting. That That's a constant. It's yeah. one of life's few constants. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The Sudanese community are no more likely to cause trouble. You can. This is on. You don't have to wait for the media to report this. We, we mm. have a, a, you know crime statistics database in Victoria. Yeah. The Sudanese community are less represented than Irish and English people Mm. in violent crime. There have been, like, what, three incidents over 18 months that have involved a group of young African people. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen a couple of things on this. And they've all... People are up in arms. These all appear to be just cases of parties that have got out of control. Yeah. Well, there's a couple. Not there's a couple gangs. of things. It's what the zero point one percent of the population and one percent of crime. So they're overrepresented, but not into a significant. Yeah, but degree. they're not overrepresented once you correct for income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking a hundred percent. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming this on this. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying statistic. That statistic yeah. can be misleading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other uh, factors. That I bring that up because it fucking frustrates me that people have to keep bringing it up in the media, that every angry pushback against Dutton and the libs has to have this little thing, because I just know that Dutton's going to latch onto that. Oh, yeah, because the media feel like they have to do balance, in the, even yeah. in the face of racist agitation and yeah. rebel rousing and lies. They have to provide balance. Yeah, yeah. And you don't. Just tell the truth. That's balanced. The <laughs> truth is inherently balanced. You yeah. don't need to present lies as as a counterweight. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but basically what I've seen consistently is just everybody who's from Melbourne is getting furious at the fact that a bunch of dipshits who aren't from Melbourne are telling Melbourne, Melbourneites... Melburnians. That they are Melburnians, that they are terrified of Sudanese. Yeah, guys. that's... That is... Uh, it, it, it's weird when, when somebody kind of implicates you in their racism like that, I've got to say. Yeah. I really do. Because none of the times that I've been afraid while I've been at a pub have been mm. anything to do with black people causing trouble. mostly been white yobbos. Yeah. In, my, in fact, the only times I've ever been violently assaulted out mm. in public have always been white people. Yeah. Always. From Nary Warren, every time. Yeah, because well, not every you, time. When you that's look me at, making a prejudiced assumption. When you look at the numbers, you're like several hundred times more likely to be yeah fucking violent crimes by a white person just you because are. of fucking just because demographics. Of <laughs> and, yeah, um, um, yeah, I, and I don't know. I've I've never once been afraid to go out because I've never once been afraid to go out like ever for any yeah. reason. At times when I have been out, I have become afraid, but I was never afraid to go out. And I don't know why the Liberal Party keep bringing up restaurants 
is yeah. the problem here. Yeah. Because it's specifically less frightening to be at a restaurant than mm. it is to be at pretty much any other venue. Unless yeah. uh, it's an inc- it's like a haute cuisine restaurant and you don't know how to about the you know eating etiquette or whatever. You're worried yeah, that people yeah. judge you if you use the fish knife for your yeah. entree. If you chew the testicle or just swallow just it whole. Just swallow it, which um, you should need to... Uh, should not need to chew a testicle. It has not been properly, properly cooked. But anyway, yeah. that's <clears throat> yeah. Leaving them to side. Yeah, that's what's scary about going to a restaurant. Yeah. Did For you some- see the Chris Pine reaction where he wasn't like clued in or whatever? I'm taking uh, a lot of this from you know Waleed Ali gets one good take a quarter or so, like yeah. sort of two or three or four like really good takes a year maybe, and the rest of the time he's kind of a mild mediocrity machine. Uh, but well, yeah, middle class, sensible center. Yeah, yeah. But that's all he's ever said he was. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, his his take on this was was reasonably good, and it included a, a clip of Chris Pine where a journalist was like, "Are you afraid to go?" He was visiting Melbourne, and it's like, Are "You afraid to go out to uh, dinner tonight, Chris Pine?" And he's like, "Well, why? No, should I be?" <laughs> and then somebody reminded him, and he was like, "Ah." Oh. Well, yeah. fair play to Chris Pine. He has not bought into this ridiculous yeah. strategy of mm. uh, trying to achieve whatever the fuck it is they think they're going to achieve. Yeah. Um, but it. I just wanted to mention before we move on to our topics. Yeah. Um, which Daniel Andrews could have brought across mm. uh, a little bit more strongly. This was an incident where we had at least more than a handful. There was one group at the flat when the party started another group arrived later on and a blue started at some point those Mm. are all the facts that are known Mm. Um, in gang related violence the odds of the person who dies being a young woman who's there are fucking incredibly low Mm. when gangs of angry young men fight each other they tend to hurt each other yeah. They don't tend to just randomly stab mm. a girl who's in the area. Yeah, and this isn't the US, so like crossfire. Yeah, it's not like so shit, it's shot not. through a chunk of drywall or something. Yeah. It was a stabbing, so it seems like it was a personal dispute. Yeah, most likely it was the actual problem that we have in this country, yeah, which is which women is keep getting killed. Women. Um, results of sexual jealousy and insecurity. Yeah. Men who were raised to be angry, fucking racist, sexist Which is something that Australia can claim to be successfully multicultural in its uh, embrace of. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah. I would just like to cap it by assuring the listeners that we do not have a gang terror problem in Melbourne. Come visit. No, we don't. uh, We used to in the 60s and 70s, which was all white guys from Heidelberg. (laughs) Yeah, all white guys from Heidelberg. Or or Richmond. (laughs) And and police. And police. (laughs) We still have a slight issue with the police. Yeah. It is for Peter Dutton or the Prime Minister to try and co-opt our opinions as Melburnians for their fucking racist election gambit is disgusting. Yeah. As is just the fucking racist gambit to begin with, obviously. So Lock fuck those them guys. Up. Lock- as always. This should be something we can do about them being racist agitators. Mm. We ought to be able to take them to court for it. Yeah. Might look into that. Possible um, first crowdfunding activity. One vote from me. Yes. 
Uh, well, you know, it could just be because Turnbull did did come out and say, ah, oh, look, you've got to admit that there is a, pro- a problem with gang crime in Melbourne. Maybe that's just part of his remaking himself as a mere mortal, as I would like to talk about for my topic. Oh, good. Malcolm Turnbull and his saviour complex. Because we're starting to kind of enter the shallow waters of election season a little bit. And, uh... Where thanks to Bill Shorten's amazing leadership, Labor could lose this election. Yeah, fucking hell. If that happens, burn it. (laughs) Um... So, I was doing some reading, and I came across a nice piece of hagiography masquerading as journalism by Andrew Proben, an article titled, Malcolm Turnbull's Remaking Shows the Challenge Ahead is One Between Mere Mortals. And I think in his kind of maybe unintentional uh, pedestal putting of Malcolm Turnbull, Proben's actually come across some some incisive uh criticism of it so i just want to read a couple of quotes and then we can talk about this i'll read the couple of quotes i'll i'll say what i what i think about it and then we can talk about it so first quote uh regarding the election and leading the party no this is the task des- best done by a different malcolm the one who's learnt in painful battering circumstance the importance of seeing others difference and acknowledging it if not respecting it he's learnt that not everyone is as brilliant as he is that they sometimes don't see the future as brightly as he does this is the malcolm who now recognizes that the liberal base doesn't want re-educating at all but instead requires red meat to ensure it doesn't pay for his blood Mm. that's one quote uh this is the second one he's just another politician the public's decided it's less of a challenge when competence not greatness is the bar (laughs) in short a lesser malcolm is learning how he might win when he's not the messiah the next election becomes a fight between two mere mortals See, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I would say it's much harder to come across as competent than it is to come across as great. Yeah, if if I, you don't have the wherewithal to come across as great, you have no chance of coming across as competent. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. Maybe you should be writing these articles. Um, nah. Yeah, so I actually can't figure out 100% what position Proben is taking there, but... He's spot on in that Malcolm Turnbull has consistently viewed himself, or at least it seems to be obvious that he has viewed himself as, like, a cut above, you know? Oh, definitely. Self-made millionaire, fucking man about town, dapper, speaks well, looks good. Well, and with the, with, remember that with mm. the, the low-class cretins he's surrounded himself with for the past 20 years, yeah. he is a cut above. Yeah. He is the most intelligent man in the room. He is the most articulate and the most uh, educated, the Renaissance prince <laughs> surrounded by, you know, fuckwit medieval knights. But yeah, that is very true. He, he, but, he's, but he's a Don Quixote character. Yeah. The, the problem that I have with this... Uh, character view of Turnbull, which it seems to be the sort of base position from which people work when they talk about him, is how badly it's infected, like, just common discourse with people. How when I talk to people who are maybe a little less politically engaged than I am and I try to talk to them about Liberal Party policy, they're like, 
Oh, yeah, but he's better than Abbott, isn't he? Abbott was fucking a bit crazy, wasn't he? You know, it's at least he's smart. You know, he seems like a smart guy. He's not going to do anything too disastrous. Yeah, but he is. Exactly. Yeah. His party is doing disastrous things every fucking day. And... Like creating a fascist department for Peter Dutton to play with. Yeah, Abbott exactly. never gave him that. Yeah, yeah, Pro- that's He probably would have, but he didn't, so... Yeah. Almost by virtue of trying to be this, like, intelligent, better-than-everybody, moderate, just pure money man, mm. uh, he's almost, like, stoking this right faction pushback and all of these fucking... Well, he looks like a good prime minister. Yeah. And he acts like a good prime minister, yeah. and that is enough for a lot of the electorate. Yeah. Really is. Yeah. But you we're know, here to disabuse people of these look at, fucking Look at illusions. what um, Obama and Clinton were able to achieve... That's true. ...in the United States of America yeah. that Bush and Trump couldn't get away with. Or they did, but in the popular, yeah. you know, realm, the realm of public perception, they didn't. Yeah. Um, plausibility gets you on an unfortunately long way in the world. Yeah. It really does. So... Here's who Malcolm Turnbull actually is, though. Mm. Smarter than your average politician, sure. Uh, Completely unprincipled, money-focused businessman type who is just as guilty of the sort of fucking nepotism and self-serving cronyism as any other right-wing shithead politician. Check. Uh, Spineless, egotistical useless as a leader because he can't fucking manage his own party much less the country and potentially fucking our next prime minister as well as our current prime yeah. minister I'm, i mean th- there's an element of a, a sort of shakespearean villainy to turnbull yeah. in that he's so adept at speaking in the language of progress and the language of enlightenment mm. and you know the, the sort of discourse of the 21st century that makes a lot of the journalists in this country and a lot of sort of centrists and center leftists who would be opposed to his policies yeah. nonetheless roll onto their backs and start purring yeah while he uh you know wreaks these evil games yeah and it's you can't like understate how much of a breath of fresh air he was after Abbott. Who Abbott was a viscerally humiliating experience <laughs> for the whole country. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, all people really knew about him, I feel, like the average person, uh, was that he was rich and that he had endeavoured to come to some sort of agreement on climate change. Yeah, so we knew day. that he'd been taken down because he took a stance on emissions trading. Yeah. Right. And that went down very well with the electorate. Mm. Uh, and while he was communications minister, he spent no time trying to make the NBN work and a lot of time photographing himself on trains, yeah. which bizarrely went down very well with the electorate <laughs> for the same reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, did, he fucked the NBN. Uh, he fucked the his initial attempts to be a bit more sort of sensible on climate in his new government. He abandoned that, and he's constantly capitulating to a right faction, a right-wing faction of his party that's obviously attempting to drag this country into the fucking mud. Yeah. And succeeding in large part. 
Yeah, and it's it's worth looking at that faction closely as well because what Malcolm Turnbull has learned, mm. and he really should have learnt this the first time his leadership was kicked out from underneath him, mm. and it should have been reinforced when he managed to successfully shank Tony Abbott, but it's taken a while for him to wrap his head around it, is that the Prime Minister in Australia's parliamentary system is not a powerful position at the moment. Yeah. It really isn't. It's essentially the front man of a band, Mm. but you're not writing the music. Yeah. You're not one of the skilled musicians. You're kind of the most dispensable It's the old school front man position, like the fucking David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar rotation shit, where it's like, yeah, people might like you, but you are the most replaceable element of the whole thing. Yeah, you're just a basic vocalist, and you look all right in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. So, how would you go about disabusing people of the notion that Turnbull's a bit of all right... You know, because the fucking political apathy in this country blows my mind. This is the thing. So if Turnbull had was in the position that people think that he's in, mm. and this is people who are being charitable to him, that he's essentially a man trying to do a good job, but he's held hostage mm. by an obscene uh, faction of his party. Yeah, he would make us. He would. He'd, kick up a stink about it. He would make a noise about it. He would try to fight it. Mm. You know, you can resign. You can trigger a new election and campaign against the disgusting elements of your own party. Yeah. There is a lot that you can do that he's not interested in doing because he's not a good man making the best of a bad deal. Mm. He's just somebody who likes to be prime minister. Yeah. And he seems to be vaguely obsessed with legacy. Like, I think he wants to be a great prime minister oh, in the same certainly. way that... Great man of history. He, he, mm. I say, he, he's James Hacker MP. Mm. Yes, minister all over. Yeah. A vain, vacuous, intelligent, but cowardly mm. reactionary figure who will just jump wherever he has to to stay in the seat he's got. Yeah. I think it's telling that just after Andrew Proben writes this article being like, oh, Malcolm's learned that he has to be a bit more of an everyman... If that's true, then the way that Turnbull has interpreted that is to go on national media and say a fucking bold-faced lie. You have to... You've got to be honest. You've got Mm. to admit that Melbourne has a problem with rampaging black gangs. Yeah. Something that's patently false that uh, he obviously has no unique insight into but which will rabble-rouse a reactionary base of shitheads mm. into supporting him in the next election. So, well, and, and, I mean, and it, will, um, it will please Lord Dutton. Yeah, yeah, which seems to... Who likes to watch the Prime Minister either. grovel. That appears to be... Yeah. And I, I, I can understand why you would enjoy having power over an arrogant prick like Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sick and twisted and yeah. really not helpful for the efficiency and efficacy of government, but mm. Lord Dutton clearly enjoys watching it. And, yeah. you know, if it, if, it, if it takes up five minutes of his day that he otherwise would have spent doing evil unto the innocent, then I guess grovel away, Prime Minister. Yeah, watch me backtrack all of this hatred for Malcolm Turnbull when he gets deposed and Dutton gets fucking crowned in some grotesque ceremony where they <laughs> paint a cross on his face in lamb's blood or something. As the uh, smoky savour of the scent of thousands of burning foreigners carries up to heaven. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be dark. 
It's already it is dark. And my, I don't want to think about the sorts of horrible illegal sex parlors Peter Dutton goes to, but I can imagine that they would just make the Marquis de Sade vomit. Yeah, yeah, it's something out of a fucking Garth Ennis comic oh, or something. There's God. a room where there's just a woman that's constantly being burned, yeah. and he just goes in there and rubs his bald head in <laughs> circular motion with baby oil, and just watches her. Well, a couple of imps lacerate him strategically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking complete degenerate. There's no way that we can stand having Dutton as our fucking prime minister, and it is a possibility which terrifies me. If Labour had anything to show, like if they had any game to bring to the table, I would be they, a little they bit do. more... They do. They're going to be more accommodating to business. Yeah, yeah, of course. How could I forget that bold new strategy? On the zeitgeist. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> And they're going to get some power ballad song from the mid-90s for their oh, yeah. next campaign. It's going to be epic, Kieran. Yeah. Is, is there any essence of soul left in Midnight Oil that we can ring out? No. Is <laughs> I think if Labour try to touch Midnight Oil's intellectual property, the rest of the band will hang Peter Garrett as a warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everybody will just come to the conclusion that he did it himself, because I've been waiting for watching Peter Garrett go bright-eyed and bushy-tailed into what was supposed to be the brand new government for the leftist age, (laughs) and watching him just slowly fucking deflate was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I don't care. I don't fucking give a shit about Midnight Oil or Peter Garrett, but it was sad. It was really sad. He was so optimistic, and he fucking fucked it up. They... Peter Garrett used to be so principled that he turned down the chance to support The Who mm. on their tour. How that level of principled equates to then immediately doing everything that he did. Yeah. <laughs> we'll becoming just... part of the Labour government under, under Rudd and Gillard is mm. baffling. Getting in there and being like, environment minister, a job with a lot of autonomy and sort of agency over environmental policy. And it's like, oh, no, you don't make any decisions. No, no, no. You just get out there and put a face to our shitty policy. We're just paying you $480,000 a year to get beaten up on our behalf. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially was the job, wasn't it? It was. Poor Peter. Um, I can see yeah. Labour campaigning to yeah. Buck Rogers by Feeder. I think that's going to be the Yeah, I don't know song. it. This is I a... think we're going to make it. All right. I'm, maybe I know it. Uh, I think it was, um, it was popular a while ago. Yeah. And it's about aspirations and how you think you might be able to get them. Yeah. I mean... It's got a CD player, 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 player. It's possible. It's possible. I was going to say that that seems like uh, a little off the base knowledge of music but fuck if i can read any of that <laughs> shit it could be that it could be fucking lmfao for all i know oh it could be i think that's a bit too groovy for them do though. we i mean yeah at red least, foo's a bit too edgy yeah at least our campaigning isn't quite as grotesque as U.S. campaigning with its use of song and stuff. At least we're never going to get something like fight song in this country, <laughs> which is one of the most one of the greatest shames pieces. about Australian politics. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had if we had Bill Shorten singing fight song? Yeah, 
Oh, quick, we found a way to distill pure embarrassment. <laughs> Somebody pull Wong and Elvin Easy out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck me. Yeah. So that's my topic. Maybe it doesn't... No, nah, it carries uh, well. It carries well. I think it's important that we start examining Malcolm. Because, frankly, he's a little boring and a little on the sidelines when you've got characters like Dutton. To, yeah, and that's his strength. But, um, but he is the leader of the party. Pe- people need to s- put him back on the hook, right? Because yes. his not being Tony Abbott gave him a huge amount of leeway, which he's yeah. wandered by trashing environment goals, by... Fucking building up xenophobia with immigration and with racist mm. comments about local people already lo- approved yeah. were allowed to be here. Some of yeah. whom were born here, by the way. Yeah. All of the Sudaneses were not from overseas. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And uh, wasn't uh, there some sketchy thing where the guy that he put in charge of NBN Co, that Telstra dude, was like either... A mate, or this is the guy who trashed it when he left the job, talking about how much better fiber to the premise obviously mm. would be, but NBN Co's model was cheaper for now. Essentially, yeah. was what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, him. He was a great choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a dipshit. All right. What's your topic? My topic is that Fairfax Media, mm. uh, whilst continuing to be champions of social progress, have decided they are now going to advocate for market-based solutions. Yes, which this is, is what I like to hear. This is the way forward, This is Darcy. the way forward. Yes, Clintonism. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking just at the absolute... Uh, nadir of neo- <laughs> the popularity of neoliberal market solutions... The Fairfax media is like, yeah. you'll never believe this. It's it's like it's the fucking 80s again and we're just getting Karen, spaghetti. How many villains yeah. have started out as mm. heroes who just embraced the darkness because they had to achieve something yeah. great? Yeah, that's you true. Know, that's this true. is an easy trap to walk into. It, obviously it is. Especially. So what breed of villain are we dealing with here? Well, I mean, you'll have noticed, for instance, that the domain section of the mm. newspaper, this has become a, a, a pleasure of mine of late, is just fill, yeah. suddenly filled with articles about how horrendous it is yeah. being a landlord. Yeah, 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 that article that you posted, which is great. Well, how did neither of us talk about that one? Fuck. Because we'll- I was going to bring it up here as part of this marketization theory awesome. that they're pushing. Excellent. So this article, for those who've not read it, is about an idiot from Sydney who <laughs> bought an off-the-plan unit in Brunswick, but then all of her friends lived in Windsor. So she rented out the off-the-plan Brunswick unit mm. and moved to by, Windsor to rent. By the of course rent. her fucking friends live in Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, anyway, go on. Now, you can't pay for Windsor with Brunswick rent. When you've yeah. got a mor- when you're paying off a mortgage already, <laughs> she's a project manager, by the way. This this woman, yeah, <laughs> terrifying to imagine what project she's associated with. But the know. big horror story mm. is that the tenants have a tendency to pay their rent twelve to thirteen days late. Yeah, but they do this every month. Yeah, so it's regular. Yeah, so, so all she had to do was adjust her spending patterns once. Yeah. And everything would be fine. Good for the rest of time. Yeah. Just a slight mental alteration. Her thing is that, like, she wants to be able to kick them out. 
Yes. Uh, but she has to wait 14 days before she's legally allowed to keep yeah, them, and, which is already And once like, she thought she had them, but then her the yeah. property manager was like, no, they paid yesterday. Yeah, which <laughs> is the grimmest thing, because she was waiting for that midnight thing so she could be like, effect! <laughs> she's a psycho. But yeah. she's, as the reality of uh, most psychos is mm. that they're not actually geniuses. This is a literary creation. Yeah. Most psychos are thick as pig shit. Yeah, no, she's dumb as fuck. With one small mental alteration where she's like, all right, now the due date is 14 days later. In my head, I'll adjust my spending habits that yeah. one time so it's all thing. And then she doesn't have to wait any extra days to kick them out. If they don't pay by that new deadline, she just gets to kick them out straight away and she can yeah. have her fucking absolute free market nightmare landlord fantasy of and being And then a try landlord. to find another tenant. Yeah. Who's also, by the way, just for the record, going to pay 13 days late. Yeah. Because most tenants do, because most people are broke. Yeah. It's a fucking Brunswick house or flat or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Obviously. You're not going to get rich people moving in there. Yeah. And her quote where she was like, a lot of people view landlords as these big, bad Donald Trump style figures, but I just want people to know that it's not the case. And it's like, no, you just. Well, yeah. I mean, you're like a small shit Donald Trump figure. Yeah. Yeah, this but is essentially why I said psychologically she's the Trump. same. She's a two-bit fucking sh- <laughs> huckster slumlord <laughs> with just one <laughs> one building but and one slum. The consequence now is that we have the age writing totally uncritically about her. Yeah, which the age has always been a middle-class progressive newspaper, yeah. so it's never embraced a kind of genuine mm. economic justice principles. But it used to have the self-respect not to just come out and fucking chill for these people. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's so crazy. What as do a you think? What do you think's happening at Fairfax? Why? Why would they make this decision? I can't but make fucking heads or tails of it. Any other reason than the owner of the newspaper has a political agenda? Yeah, here's what I reckon maybe, maybe is happening. Because I can understand these sort of, like, moderate, centrist, fucking neoliberal institutions holding on to their ground, their ideological ground, in the face of, like, global shifts away from that position. What blows my mind is suddenly adopting it. And I think it's just that the maybe the owner doesn't want to lose too much ground before holding firm. So it's like, well, if I just make this one disastrous overcorrection that is sure to alienate everybody left of centre, then I can hold that ground and not have to... <laughs> I don't know. Well, do you think it's an attempt to differentiate themselves from The Guardian? Not that The Guardian's like massively yeah, anti-market the- or anything. No. But they're more critical of market mechanisms. I mean, maybe. Ages. It could just be survival. Of the major like papers. Not The Guardian's an online thing, really, isn't it? I don't yeah. think they publish a hard copy paper yeah. in Australia. But- well, see, that's the thing. The people who read The Age, by and large, already read The Age. Like, you're not going to get... You're going to get ever fewer. No one's... There's going to be no yeah. uptake for The Age. Yeah. It's just like... I mean, maybe there'll be a couple of sort of 40 to 60 something people who would have eventually started reading the guardian online instead of the age. But like, I don't think so. If it's a market calculation, it's a shit one. I think it's probably a political calculation. I think it's Mm. just somebody wanting to keep pressing a um, fiscal conservative agenda. Yeah. Basically. And, and kind of running out of 
the mechanisms to do so because mm. the reason that this directive was put about is because the editorial staff obviously weren't holding that line satisfactorily right yeah. because you can't you know the mm. age has a lot of problems and so do you know all media organizations but i think it's fair to say mostly fairfax media employs more intelligent and more capable journalists mm. than News Corp. Yeah, generally yeah, no, speaking, <laughs> I, I don't need to see any figures. Uh, I'm on that. Um, yes, I agree. And that means if you want to push a market agenda in the early decades of the 21st century, mm. you have to make that a declarative, declarative, oh, fucking hell, declarative, declarative. <laughs> a decorative yeah. agenda. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because you don't have staff who are going to obligingly do it for you. You're going to have to tell them forcibly. Cause, yeah. Again, these also tend to be journalists with more of a journalistic conscience than at News Corp. Yeah. Who are interested in finding out things that are happening and reporting on them. Yeah, and now more than ever, like, that tired risks dragging people out to that kind of... Yeah, well, you, you've got to point out that the shimp... The, the chimp is sinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> really tired, listeners. <laughs> You've got to find out that the ship is it, sinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, now it feels like the coolest journalistic position is the kind of, like, a little bit maverick leftist-ish kind of... You don't have to be too radical, but you you know you've, you're the one with the conscience. You're not buying into the man's bullshit. You know, like a Glenn Greenwald sort of <laughs> position. Or, yeah, like that's the that's the one that has sort of yeah prestige, well, social prestige attached to it in the way that the old sort of idea of the journalist. Oh, because you don't want to confront truth. your readers too much if you're going for mm. that angle. You want to you want to give your. I suppose it, your, you've become a product, mm. which is to give your readers prestige and respectability and talking points without confronting them yeah. about their hypocrisies and the dangers of their attitudes. Yeah. Which is essentially the same journalism that the Herald Sun does. It's just coming at it from a different angle. Yeah. So it's not journalism. It's um, fantasy building. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's accurate. This is uh, very disappointing. It is disappointing, although the age, in, I don't know about the Herald, so the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, mm. but I know the age has been suffering for a bad decade yeah, since well, they sacked their sub-editors. I read the age that, less and less. Yeah, that's, me that's too. Sure. I used to read it. When I was at secondary school, I read the age every morning. Mm. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was really upset when it became a tabloid format. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. These are important things I'd that we're worrying about. I'd learned how to fold about. it just so, and then they took it away. Yeah. <laughs> Gave me a fucking Yobbo's paper. Extra, <laughs> extra, weird kid in Melbourne, super upset about newspaper format. Well, you may, you may criticise, Karen, but uh, only because that's a fair observation to make. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I feel bad for young you, because I know how important that must have been as a... As a cultural artifact, Pretty much to have felt, the broadsheet felt like tucked under your tweeted armpit. That the genuinely felt like the world was ending. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. 
<laughs> briefly, I, I bought the Australian to see what it was like because yeah. it was a comfortable and familiar size, and I was horrified. Imagine, imagine if that had been like uh, I needed therapy after I read that the first time. Jesus, yeah. imagine! I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, everything is hell at the moment. So explicitly Clintonite newspaper as the alternative option to the explicitly Murdochian newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're just we're just slipping into U.S. systems, pretty much. And eventually, politics will come to reflect the media, oh, and we'll just. Have, I don't know if I've got the patience to sit through all that, Kieran. Yeah, who's the. Know. Who's if you the read the Age newspaper, or, or now this will be all Fairfax publications, if you read mm. them, keep a very close eye on the direction the articles are trending in. Yeah. Basically, this is this is a warning as much as anything else. Yeah. Fairfax have chosen to become a scale on the belly of the beast. Yeah. Who do you think is the shiny political dynasty figure that will arise in the Labour Party to represent the Clinton style. Do we have anybody like that? Does, like, Hawke or Keating or somebody have a kid? Not any that are interested in politics or going into politics, I don't think. This is this is something the parliamentary for which politicians' system kids in Australia deserve here. some recognition. Make what well, makes dynasties more difficult yeah. the way our system set up, which is good. Yeah, um, you could definitely pull it off though. If yeah, you well, had the Downer family are having a punt in South Australia, so right. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, and but they've got patrician written all over them as well, so mm. it's somewhat appropriate. Yeah. If you're going to have a dynasty, you want you want proper silver-haired, yeah, jowly sort of fuckers getting into it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a Tywin to anchor everything. Essentially, that's right. Yeah, is Alex is Alex a Taiwan? I mean, are we talking about in real life or in his mind? <laughs> okay, yeah, in his mind. Granted, <laughs> I don't like it when you call me racist, Mister King. That's really unfair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you always shout at me in Parliament? <laughs> Tremble before the might of the political patriarch. Fucking A. Yeah. We're fucked. I don't have anything to add. It's... Well, I, I, so what this has given me a thought for, though, this this idea of yeah. Fairfax shifting ground, and it's kind of an imperceptible ground shift in some respects because yeah. they have always been um, yeah. a bourgeois faction. Yeah, we're not talking outlet. about, like, but, the But I'm interested pamphlet. to see how far it's going to go mm. now that they've actually put it out as an agenda yeah. and what tangible effect it's going to have on us it's going to not it's not going to be good no. it's going to probably make the labor party even more of a fucking useless wreck than it is already definitely but it also gives me a nice opening for next week's program mm. where i think we should talk about how to talk about socialism yeah sure i'm up for that we're gonna do a how to do an economics intervention on your friends if you're worried they've been drinking too much capital yeah wonderful uh, I could use that. I know a lot of people could. It's one of the hardest things to do. It's really hard, yeah, because mm. you have to 
spend a lot of time explaining why you're not advocating the mass murder of 40 million people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's full of pitfalls. This is Alexei Sales' joke, because his, his mother was a Stalinist, mm. and he was a communist himself, but sort of to the not-Stalinist end of things. Yeah. <laughs> How can you justify this horrible stuff, Mum? And she said to me, well, Alexei, if you're going to make an omelette... You need to wipe out several ethnic groups. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How's that for weakness for weakness? <laughs> That's Good it. night! Touch it, my best of luck next time.